Leadership Story Talks, where we discuss the practices that engage, motivate, develop, retain, and attract people to businesses. We'll give you principles and tools based on real-world stories to leverage listening and storytelling to become a better leader and management professional. Leadership Story Talks is produced by Narrative, a company that focuses on personal storytelling for business. Welcome to Leadership Story Talks. I'm Jerome DeRoy, CEO of Narrative. And I'm Julian Ryan, and I'm happy to be here for another version of our chats online. <laughs> Great. Good to see you, Julian. And uh, we wanted to uh, talk about uh, a topic today that has to do with comfort and discomfort and how we always seem to seek things that make us comfortable. Um, as opposed to, you know, things that don't make us comfortable, which seems pretty natural. But uh, we've had some lessons learned, learned uh, recently where uh, we've actually seen experiences where it might not be so bad to, to kind of get uncomfortable and get to a place of discomfort, because on the other side of that, there might be growth and transformation. What, uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's I'm charging myself basically to pay attention to the tension that happens when I'm about to do a group um, conversation or do an initiative of what is giving me um, pause and what, I, what I'm thinking about. Because that in that tension, there's a message that I need to figure out about what's causing it, what could uh, block my listening, and what am I projecting onto that situation? So I am my own beta site right now for this purposes mm -hmm. of this interview here. So have you, please tell me you've had this experience and I'm not the only one, but I've done it in New York. I've done it in other locations. I did it last week when I was in New Jersey at a conference. What's in my head and what do I need to pay attention before I can really honor the group and what I'm gonna be doing with them? Mm, got it. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about when we when we facilitate groups um, or we meet someone for the first time and we're about to work with them. First thing we say, if they're you know in an environment, even on Zoom, actually, you know, you mm. might say, "Are you comfortable? Do you have what you need? Do you have a glass of water? Do you you know?" And, and this word "comfortable" keeps coming back, and we're kind of making sure that everybody's comfortable. But it's interesting because I, I'm also noticing, and that's perfectly, we should do that. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, on the other side of that, and that's kind of the physical comfort of a situation, mm -hmm. but then there's what's going on in the mind and, uh, you know, what, what are we bringing to any meeting, to any group? And as a facilitator, I'll speak for myself and I'd love to hear what you think. But for me, when I walk into a room, I want to make sure that before I've walked into that room, I've had either a conversation or a writing practice where I've had an opportunity to actually think through what's in my mind right now about the person I'm meeting, the project that it is, and what are all of my, what we call obstacles. What are all of my obstacles around, you know, do I, is there any touch of uh, envy? Is there any assumption yes. that I'm making about that person that, you know, makes me think that they are this type of person, even though I've never met them, or maybe I've had one conversation on the phone. So I try to clear all of that before I go into that meeting so that I'm, I come in pretty much as a, as a clear slate or as much as I can and, and really set those things aside, not try to get rid of them, 
but just set them aside and be aware of that so that when I'm showing up, I'm showing up fully as a listener that's really open, you know, and, and I'm not, I've kind of put all my judgments, assumptions, opinions about the person and the project that I'm working on to the side um, because they probably aren't going to serve my intention, which is to really get to know that person and understand what it is that they need beyond that one phone call that we had before the work, before the work started. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's helpful. I mean, I was laughing because when I was in um, going to this one conference I mentioned last week, I got stuck in three hours of traffic for a trip that should only take me a little over an hour. So mm. there was a lot of clearing <laughs> that had to happen before mm. I got there. So I thought of the methodology, but also in the room to be present when people are talking and giving me sometimes opinions that just came out of left field when they were just meeting me for the uh, first few minutes. So to be patient and, and do more listening than talking and just being mindful of that, not to correct, not to jump in, which is sometimes difficult. And then as recently as yesterday, um, sometimes people don't want to participate. And that word comfortable, I think, um, can be misleading. In, in some situations, this person was sitting there and ready to say no to anything that she thought she was going to be asked to do. But on the flip side, when we, we finished the formal part of the, uh, the workshop, um, she came over and shared so many things about herself that was quite surprising, deeply personal. So it was, I think, a case of being ready for people to be there on their own terms and to listen and um, the story work we do sometimes is not, as we've discussed, being perfect thespians or sharing in the moment. It's what comes afterwards. So taking leaps of faith to be patient. Now I had a choice there. I could have gone into, let me try to convince her mode about why it's important to share. Let me tie to preach. But it was more about just saying, okay, that's okay. You you can share whatever you want to share or don't want to share and just be part of the experience. So it's, it's a lesson learned. It's something new to experience every day, but we, it starts with me first. And I realized that I got to have a talk with my whole internal committee before I launch out into a group and go, who's showing up today for this meeting and really test, test those variables out and see what needs to be quieted and what needs to be elevated. Well, and that, that restraint, that you had to, to not sort of push this person to share anyway, or to explain, look, there's, there's only two or three people here. Why don't we, you know, mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no risk. You could have tried to comfort her. <laughs> I'm using that <laughs> word deliberately. Um, and yet you didn't, and you, you stayed silent. And I, and for me, what you were doing in that moment, even, even though there was no action on your part, mm -hmm. you were actually creating a space. Mm -hmm. And you created a space for her to just be with that sort of silence and with that decision that she made and expressed of, I'm not going to share today. And somehow that space that got created and with the other people there, who I'm assuming were probably sharing, you know, mm -hmm. by the end of it, well, lo and behold, she's now sharing. So she hasn't been, nothing's been imposed on this person. Nothing's been uh, said to her in any kind of forceful way. And, and, but yet the space that was created allowed for something to come out. And I think that's really important because I think most leaders, um, 
and we've talked about this in our podcast with you know Dan Lyons, the author of STFU, and and the value of staying quiet. Uh -huh. uh, many you know many other guests, and people can look these up. Uh, you know, have talked about listening and dialogue, et cetera. And what happens is that the instigator or the initiator of the meeting is actually quite silent the entire time. There's been a lot of preparation going in, in there, but it's really about creating a space in which people feel like they can share. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so I think that's important, this notion of how do, I, how do I do that? How do I create a space for other people to show up in such a way that they can feel free to say, I'm not going to share anything. And then 30 minutes later or an hour later say, you know what, I am going to share something. There's that sense of permission that just because I said I wasn't going to share, I'm actually feeling good enough in this group that I can come back and change my mind. Because that's another yeah. thing that happens a lot, right? The mind changing. It's like there's politicians call it flip-flopping, even though, you know, changing your mind is great in my opinion. <laughs> I, I have actually a good story about that. We'll decide. But one, two words that came to mind when you were speaking was contracting. The person who was, had a contract with herself about what was, what was she willing to do or not do in situations. And it's almost like she renegotiated as the time went on. She shared a little bit during it, believe it or not. I was like, well, that's compelling. And, and then when we go into a situation, we're contracting with the group. So I was testing myself because this was public. I was like, I clearly posted, you know, whoever the, the, the sponsor posted, you'll be sharing a story, you'll be listening to it. And so I'm like, okay, the contract was clear that this experience is going to call on you by choice to say something. And then you could choose not to at some point. So it's, it's figuring out, have I served the participants well by what their expectations are um, and it's you're right it's not about putting people on the spot and saying you must give confessions about something in your past it's you have a choice of what you're going to share so and I've had a series of ones but I'm going to test one with you offline when we finish recording that you know you're always surprised what comes out of people they go from not sharing to sharing incredible things that are quite mm. surprising yeah 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 it, it is it is kind of amazing and um so how does that uh, take us back to this uh, idea of comfort and discomfort in, in your mind? Because what I'm thinking is that it's, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a little bit of a, uh, a, a misconception or something where, you know, where there's a kind of a myth around comfort and discomfort and you, mu you must seek one or the other or one is better than the other. Because what we're talking about now is actually what you, what you do in order to have a really productive meeting, conversation, facilitation of a group or, or whatever it is. And it all has to do with listening. And it starts with you, the individual. I just had a voice from the past and it has nothing to do with storytelling. When I was a kid growing up in Queens, I took ballet lessons from somebody who was Russian trained, grew up in Russian, moved to the States way back when. And her advice to all of us um, in the class is if you're not feeling something, you're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. So when you were there and you felt comfortable with the positions and the dance moves and finally got your posture right, she was like, you're not doing enough. 
because mm. you're not putting more of yourself into it. So that was a message that I heard when I was four years old. So I'm, I think it's interesting that many, many years later, it still comes up in me about, are you stretching enough? Are you doing enough to really push yourself? And it is uncomfortable. You know, you look at you, I have a whole internal dialogue and complaint, <laughs> but it's the whole message at the end of the day is just go do it and just go test it out and go give it a world. So I think that's the mission. It never changes. We're going to keep experiencing this every time we have conversations or we meet new people. And that's part of the joy and the, the challenge. We're not going to get to the good stuff if we just quiet down and just say we're not going to test ourselves and practice new behaviors and new ways of listening. Because, mm. you know, the, our we have to follow the book, basically, where they say each conversation is a fresh experience and it's a it's a practice. You never conquer it. It's a practice. And I think that's the best word we can apply to conversations, presentations, teamwork. You're constantly learning and saying, OK, don't get too comfortable because when you do, things don't go right or we don't learn enough. And, and what I also take away from that um, story about about ballet is is uh you pay attention to the feeling, right? What, mm -hmm. What's going on within you. Um, and it, that reminds me now, I'll, I'll have to tell my own story here, but uh, um, <laughs> a, a very short one, but I remember being in a, this was about 10 years ago, uh, one of our you know biggest clients to date at the time, um, it was a tech company and, and that was uh, starting out, but so you would think it's a startup, but actually, it was kind of a little bit different because it was the former CEO of a much bigger tech company who was now a billionaire and started to and decided to create this company. And um, and he was there at the company retreat and he'd asked Narrative to come and do a session. Um, and he was our very first session. We were going to be there for two days. So we had a whole, you know, half a day on the first day and then another half day on the second day. And um, and the first hour that we we're there, we're presenting what listening is about. And that everything we've just said now, basically, you know, pay attention to your obstacles. Everything starts with you. We have a responsibility to others so that we can bring our full listening to other people. So we're explaining all this, we're doing exercises. And I noticed from the corner of my eye that someone has uh, earphones exactly like ours and they're looking down at a device and they're a little outside of the circle, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I'm laughing because I'm like, oh. okay, that's bold, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, but but you know, it's from the corner of my eye, so I can't really see who it is. And um, and then you know, I, I I just stopped the proceedings because it was really starting to. I was starting to notice that other people were looking at this person, shifting in their seats around so that they could accommodate that person who was moving. And then I stopped the proceeding. I said, you know, there's an obstacle to my listening right in this moment. And I have to express it to the group uh, because otherwise I, I feel like I'm not gonna be able to continue. Uh, and I said, you know, there's someone who seems to be on their phone right now. And the agreement that we had coming into this is that, you know, we would all be listening to one another. And to do that, we have to sort of silence our devices. That's kind of the basics. And, um, and then, so I turned to the person who was sort of looking up now <laughs> And it was the CEO. It was that oh guy. Oh my God, the guy writes your check. Okay, fair done. Well done. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, and so I asked him, I asked him, is there, is there an obstacle to your listening that's causing you to take that phone call? And, and he said, oh, well, I appreciate that. And um, yes, there is because 
I didn't know that I was supposed to be on a board meeting call and I can't miss this. So I wanna ask the group if it's okay that I leave for about 30 minutes and then I'll come right back. And I promise that after that, I'm putting the phone away. And you know, in my mind, I thought, great, okay, you can do that. And I really thought we're not gonna see him again. <laughs> he came true. back, he came <laughs> back 30 minutes later, exactly 30 minutes later, put his phone away, did all the group exercises, all the activities, was one of the most uh, active and engaged members of the group. And I got a lot of feedback afterwards from people saying, you know, that was great that you did that because we then noticed how engaged he was. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily usual uh, for ah. this company. And, and they said, you know, we saw him in a different light and it kind of makes us trust him more. Um, and so, so, so it was really, and that was uncomfortable for me. That's the point. Oh, that's yeah. Something. It was uncomfortable for me to do that because it was our first instance with this client. I knew the history of this guy and I thought, oh my God, you know, all the possibilities <laughs> I, I, know, I had envisioned I, uh, coming yes. into this, this thing suddenly started to dissolve because of, of what I was about to do, right? And I was like, well, but in the end it paid off. It showed me something, it showed him something and it showed the entire group something. And I think we all grew because of it. So, so that feeling, you know, what I, and it started with a feeling in me, there's something that's mm -hmm. not quite right in this group right now. And if I don't say anything, it's not going to be for the group. It's not going to be good for the group, but it could be good for my sense of comfort to not say anything. I could just let this go, let this slide, you know, and, and feel comfortable and I'll be fine. But the, knowing that there was something bigger than me at stake here, I had to kind of step in, right, and, and notice that. But it started with that feeling and it started with a sense of responsibility of, you know, I'm, if nobody else does this, well, here, I'm the one, I'm the one who's got it. Yes, that. indeed. And it's yeah, yeah. that whole model of do what you preach. Mm. And you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. He has to be the one to test this on. Not It couldn't be, not to diminish anyone's role, but why, yeah. why did I have to stop, start with the top guy? That's right. But it was a valuable lesson and you're right. And it was accountability and you you walked your talk on every level. So, it, but what a lesson to have. So there was your feedback afterwards um, from the group. that, And that's the interesting part when you're doing groups. They're watching, the participants are watching each other, but they're always watching you and, mm -hmm. and watching how we act and react to situations. Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen in that room where we're supposed to be the leaders, it won't happen elsewhere. And I think that's a big lesson to anybody else that's leading groups. Your group is watching what you're doing and how you're handling a situation, what you're making exceptions about and what you are not. Yeah. So. You, you stepped up, you did well there, so yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it's um, what, what you just said, you know, the group is watching you. That's true of any company, any organization, any team, you're always watching the leader. You know, mm -hmm. what's that person doing, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, mm -hmm. And that person is modeling something for the team, for the group. Um, and, and whether that's modeling responsibility or ownership, um, you know, that's when you notice that certain teams it seems like every individual is really embodying the message and taking things on and taking initiative. That comes from the top. That comes from, from people modeling that it's okay to do that, that there's that sense of permission um, that's been given from leadership. So, so yeah, I think that's, uh, 
those are those are good points. Um, but but that's kind of what I'm taking away here is is notice the feeling first, and then know that it starts with you, and and you, there's only you who can make some kind of change there. It's not going to come. Oh, from I know. Else. Yeah. Pay attention to the tension, and exactly. um, and just listen to your gut sometimes, and see what happens. That's yeah. great. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, that's great. I I, uh, I want to add here that um, if uh, if you've been inspired by this session, you can join us on September 7th when we begin our three-part online workshop series. You can go to narrative.com. It's called Leading with Story Workshop to register and learn more about how you can find, craft, and tell a powerful leadership story of your own in a safe and supportive environment over the course of three one-hour sessions online. And, and if you prefer to enroll yourself or your team in private sessions, we have options there. So go to the narrative website for information and send a message about what you're considering to work on. So you can learn with us how to craft and present your stories and engage your teams and your audiences like nothing else before. We're always ready to listen to you. Great. And as always, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you find your podcast podcasts, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, because that's what creates word, word of mouth. And, uh, and of course, we're also on YouTube. So don't forget to mm -hmm. tune into YouTube and leave a review there um, and, and watch previous uh, podcast episodes, listen to previous podcast episodes. You can go and, and find blogs and many other free resources on narrative.com, N-A-R-A-T-I-V.com. Until next time, thanks, Julianne, for co-hosting with me. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Be, take care and all be well. Cheers. For more information on the narrative listening and storytelling method and how it can help your business, go to narrative.com.